right, before this episode begins, I just want to first apologize for the sound. We had some unforeseen construction and has a little bit of a buzz all throughout the podcast. However, I really wanted to provide this interview in the most rawest form it is rather than re-recording it. So I hope you enjoy it. Lots of nuggets in here from Archie. And so please stay tuned. And once again, apologies for the sound. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's your girl, Strife Auntie, back at it again with the Strife Chat, where we talk about all things navigating your 20s, but also unconventional career pathways. Today, I have a special guest with me, a former work bestie, Archie. Archie, say hi to Strive Tribe. Hi, Strive Tribe. Thank you so much for having me, Dilap. I'm so happy to be here. No, happy to have you. Archie, I met in my first, well, not my first tech role, but like my first big girl job after uni. And so I'm really excited to have her here. She's a tech sales girly. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the people? Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much, Rapo. Yeah, my name is Archie. I have been working full-time out of school. I think I'm coming up on like three years now, which is insane. I graduated in 2020. So you know what it's like? Peak Panini. Panini um, period. Literally, literally Panini Press. Graduated in April 2020. and had no idea what was going on with my life, my career. It kind of really shattered, I think, the ideas I had about adulthood or like early adulthood and what I thought was going on then. And now I've been working full-time for like three years, um, very specifically within sales. And all throughout undergraduate and even like throughout high school, I always volunteered. I always had random odd jobs. I did co-ops. Like, I feel like I've always really tied my professional life very closely to my personal life. And I think that's how you and I became friends as well. Yeah. And I'm just excited to, I guess, talk about my career path and how it's all happened. Because even I can't understand that. So... (laughs) I am so excited for us to dive into it. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, co-ops and whatnot. Why don't you kind of set the stage for us on there? I know you went to University of Waterloo. What did you study? Yeah, so I did go to the University of Waterloo from 2015 to 2020. I did their arts and business program. So it was legal studies and business. And the very reason I did it is so I could get co-op. So I did four or five co-op terms, which was like every semester you would do like a semester of class and actual courses. And then the following semester, instead of finishing the year, you would go and do like a co-op term or like a short-term internship. And all of them were like four months. And then you would just like do that job. And because of that, I actually got me exposed to a lot of different areas. So I think my first job was at like a luggage accessories brand, which was so random. And I did operations for them. So I worked for basically like the GM of the location and of the brand and supported in marketing, finance, like the sales team, like everything possible because kind of everything fell under operations. And yeah, that was kind of like my first like big girl job, I'd say. Like that's like, I am an adult. I am a working woman. Also, this was in Ontario and like co-op salaries were a little bit higher as well. But back then, minimum wage was like, 10 or 11 dollars i was making like 15 16 dollars an hour girl i was like rich girl 
Yeah, I literally thought I had so much money. And this was like 2016 or something when like, that was what was like more, more money than normal. Like I've never had a $15 per hour paying job. And like, they buy me lunch and stuff. And I felt so I felt wealthy, girl. Mm. <laughs> like I was like, this is wealth. As you should, you know, wealth comes to you wealth pursues you i'm on tiktok a lot and i hear a lot of this like manifestation (laughs) audios and so that's the first thing that just kicked in my head but no it's super cool that you intentionally chose to participate in co-op programs if we back out a little bit more in high school before you went into university is that what you envisioned yourself doing did you see yourself working within tech companies and in tech sales specifically Honestly, no. I went into school very specifically at Waterloo for law and business because I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I very well was like, oh my God, I want to be like, I want to work in like the legal space. I always liked my law classes. I liked my history classes. I liked admin work like that because law is a lot of admin. And all throughout like elementary school, middle school. And I feel like this was kind of also like an immigrant dream. There's like a Mm. handful of jobs when your family immigrates here where they're like that is a status job like being a doctor is like a status well-educated highly respected job being a lawyer is highly respected so much education there's a lot of I think just like this idea of that being so important special so in my head I was like that's exactly what it is so I spent so much time like meeting people and like I remember volunteering at like U of T's Law Society and stuff like that all throughout high school and even throughout bits and pieces of university and then I actually did a summer job once where I worked at a law firm Mm -hmm. and I was so bored I was so bored (laughs) I did not like and this was actually the summer before I went into university and I supported like two lawyers and it was a very small law firm it was like 10 people but it was just it was very slow. Like law is slow. Cases, they don't get solved in a day or a week or even a year sometimes. Like it takes a very long time to like go to court, get things settled, like figure out dollar amounts. It's a lot of, it wasn't a very interactive job. And even as a Mm. kid, I was like super extroverted. So I was like, okay, like what else? Like what else am I supposed to do? So I actually learned pretty quickly that I didn't want a career in law. <laughs> I think that's where co-op really helped me out because I got to work and like every single job I had was a wildly different job from the last and it, it almost kind of felt like I was playing a game like mm. every co-op was a different job a different experience a different organization and because of that I was really able to expose myself to more whereas in my head being a lawyer and working in law was so romanticized mm. and it was just something else it was just like this dream and then I did it and I was like I don't like this wow if if we were to kind of like go back in time almost like envision or see what young archie was feeling you know after you finished that internship right before high school you said right right before yes it was the summer between high school and like right before i went to university yeah like how like how did you feel when you're you realized like the dreams you had in terms of like being a lawyer or working in the legal system and you realize bro like this is not for me what did that feel like what like what emotions did you feel honestly i was just really confused i was like where did i get these ideas of like being a lawyer was like super glamorous i'm like who taught me this because you really just kind of like work on your own a lot like 
you're just kind of in your own space. You're not really talking to people all the time. Like even the people you're working on these cases with, like my lawyer would always speak to them like a handful of times. Like you really don't need to talk to them very many times after like the initial intake. Uh, and I, I remember seeing the lawyer that I supported working so many hours, so mm. many hours. I remember once, like, we went out for lunch or, like, we went out after dinner to get, like, food and hang out and, like, learn more about each other. And then afterwards, like, she literally went back to the office and she was there all night working more. And I realized that it's not necessarily that I was disappointed. I just kind of realized that's not the life I wanted to live. Like, I didn't want to work 24 seven. I didn't want to like have to be available to the people I was with 24 seven. Like I wanted to do things. And this is when I was still younger. And I was like, all I want to do is like travel and meet people and go places and do things. And I was like, I would never be able to do any of that. If, yeah. I, if I wanted to be like a career lawyer and it's not necessarily, I guess that like my dreams shattered around me. I think I just had a reality check about like what I wanted my life to be, which is like a larger mm. question of its own, you know, like my career was a piece of my life, mm. but then I saw it as like, that's not actually like what I want to be doing with all my time and energy. Yeah. I think there's a huge lesson slash learning moment in this. I really love the fact that even before, you know, you started taking let's say classes or you know being more invested in law you actually took yourself and made sure that you were in like a almost like a practical learning situation right uh -huh. where you got the chance to see like okay what would it look like day by day for me to work in law and i would definitely encourage the listeners if you are considering a career path and you're really not sure whether or not it's for you just like yeah. try and work in it you know try and get an internship in that the volunteer honestly like volunteer ask people if you could shadow them in their office for like a day if you could come in like after school or after a class and like support with anything like even if it's free like at least you're spending this time trying to understand what's going on rather than wasting time and energy and something that you're not fully invested in a hundred percent and how did you get your internship because like that's amazing that you were able to do that in high school, most people don't even start working in high school, right? So what was the tea, Archie? Like, how'd you do it? Honestly, like, my family did not have connections. We are not those people. Like, I don't know any doctors. I don't know any lawyers. My family did not know any of those things. Like, we are first-generation immigrants. Like, my parents work, like, blue-collar jobs. Like, they do not speak English. And all the people I know are like that as well. And, like, it was really hard to make connections and just to like meet people in spaces like this, but there are so many community initiatives. So there is a community initiative called Tropicana and they used to set people up in, on jobs for like summers and stuff year after year. And I had so many friends that actually applied to it. They'd come to our school and like hand out flyers and stuff like that. And one summer I was just working with Tropicana and they teach you how to like do interviews, how to write resumes. Like they teach you all these skills. And it was at a local community center, like literally like four minutes away from my school, two or three of my friends got in and so did I. So all of us kind of went together and it was at this community center where you just like learn a variety of just like working skills and what that meant. And people would be placed in so many different places. Like you could work for the community center, you could work for town hall, you could work for like so many different businesses. And this was also subsidized by our local governments as well, just for like community initiatives. And they actually had an opening with a local, sorry, a local just law firm. That's and that was it. 
Yeah. And they're like, Hey, like, we know this is what you're going to university for. This is at the point that I was already accepted into Waterloo to go into law and business. And they're like, this is what you're going into school for. We really think this would be a great opportunity for you. And you basically just be like a legal assistant. And I was like, that is great. Like sign me up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If you're listening, make sure there are so many community resources and initiatives, especially I think more and more now to support Canadian like first-generation immigrants. First-generation immigrant means that your family, like you don't have any other, your family's the first in Canada. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have previously built network in Canada. Like you first immigrated here. You're not born uh, in Canada. And so I really love the fact that you took advantage of that. And then, you know, you did co-ops, university. You mentioned, Mm -hmm. first of all, working in operations. How did you end up in sales then because you started in tech and operations how did you get <laughs> all the way to sales because operations low-key seems a little bit more calm not gonna lie it was it was a lot more calm but like I also worked for a small business and I realized I like that environment I like being able to know everyone that I was working with I like that we we're all kind of like tight-knit and together if someone needed help in a totally different department like we'd all step in and support them regardless of what was going on like regardless of whether or not you were in marketing helping out in finance you know what I mean like it was a small knit environment it was a family business and that's kind of what I was doing in operations and that was one co-op term my next two co-op terms actually my next three co-op terms were actually in recruitment Mm. so I did a recruitment job for the government of Ontario Mm -hmm. um, through Waterloo's co-op system as well and while I was working with them I was hiring and like going through resumes for project managers in IT IT like like coordinators engineers data scientists things like that that they were hiring for specifically the government and that was my first time kind of getting access into that industry like just understanding what tech is like and what these roles are as well as how to recruit and go through resumes and i kind of just saw it as beneficial for myself Mm because i'm like at this point i'm like i'm gonna graduate in like two and a half years like i need to figure out how to get a job (laughs) and i was like it is a good way for me to kind of understand what's going on how to look at resumes how to build a good resume for myself and then my career my next co-op after that one was another recruitment job Um, so i ended up working at another software company within toronto Um, and this is my first time within software so at this point i've worked at a small business that's like family owned i worked at the public government the government of ontario for another co-op and now i'm actually in a private software business within toronto and i was a recruiter and i was a recruitment coordinator actually and i ended up doing this co-op for eight months and i loved it i loved it it was like a 500 ish person company my team was about like it was three people in total that were recruiters including me my whole hr team was like five to ten people i loved it like it was so it was like a a big company but your team it was like that close-knit you know environment that you talked about that you really like yeah and my team was small and as a result it was a lot more effective because it was smaller and that's when I, one, got access into tech and into software. And I was like, oh, this is what a private business is like. This is what a well-established, this business has been around for like 20 years at this point, a well-established, private, profitable 
business is like because that is the only thing that I haven't had access to see yet and I'm like this is all the potential of like working hard you know what I mean like you make this much profit you have I had access to see like how much salaries people were making I was able to see the different types of job postings all the software that exists within like just the software space like we paid for things like salesforce and we had access to that and we had access to like all these like hris systems and things like that and i was like i didn't even know all of this was possible and it was in that role that i hired i was hiring salespeople. i was hiring technical people again ah. but i was also hiring salespeople. yeah so i was hiring what you and i started out as as bdrs yeah <laughs> i was hiring like account executives account managers like i was hiring salespeople as well because that's part of my my business and i was like wow wow this is just so cool and like i decided after that co-op that my job out of school was going to be in sales. Like I realized that it was a really great space to start my career. Everyone I worked with within my HR team all started out with a career in sales. They're all BDRs or AEs or account managers, something like that at some point in their career. And so many people, even in other departments, all worked as a sales rep at some point. And they all shared how valuable it was for their own like personal and professional development. Cause sales is tough. Like, having quotas, having those commissions, having your KPIs, your metrics weekly, monthly, daily, like all of that is really, really difficult. And they all shared just the value of having that pressure and learning so much early on really helped them carry into other career paths. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like a really great job out of school. You know, like I wasn't really sure where I wanted to settle, what area I wanted to go into. But I'm like, I could, I could just do this. Like I could totally do this. I love that. And I mean, even the fact that you had reviewed so many resumes or applications of people that were already in tech sales, for anyone that's listening, what would you give them as tips for like making sure they can land their own gig? Because I mean, you were on the other side looking at these resumes and then you, yeah. I mean, you've also now been working in tech sales for three years in <laughs> yeah. different capacities. So yeah. What tips would you give someone who is like applying into tech sales specifically? Tech sales, I'd say actually in terms of all jobs that people are requiring, like applying into, uh, honestly, like your recruiter does not know what your job is. Like we might understand the title. We might be familiar with the organizations, but you should know, or you should assume that your recruiter is going into reading your resume with zero context, zero understanding of your history. So you should be able to describe all your educational experience, all your jobs, all your projects in really, really good specific detail. So that way they are fully able to read like a job description, for example, and know exactly what you did day to day. They should be able to read something like that and be like, oh, like this is what Delapo did every day for like eight months at this company. And then when she went to this next job, she did these various tasks and like they can map out and understand who and what your career has been up until that point and how you ended up with them because these people don't have context like we don't know you at this point you're a LinkedIn profile maybe (laughs) or you're just like a resume in like a PDF format so you have to share a lot of context and a lot of very specific details and that is the biggest thing that I've noticed a lot of people have missed out on Mm. and they're just not telling me enough I'm like people say they worked on a project I'm like what did you do on that project who were you in that project how many people did you work on how much was it valued at how long did it take like who finally approved it were you the final approval was that somebody else was it successfully implemented like there's so many things Mm. that is a part of that even with your education like 
if you're someone that's just now entering the working world, I will say like, it is very hard. The job market is tough right now. Like with a recession looming, the tech kind of going through it right now. And like with a panini, man, like that is still messed everything <laughs> up. It really has. So I get it, understand. And I think for something like that, you really want to use like projects, for example, that you might've done in a class in school. Like if you had like an economics final that you did amazing on or an economics, like project that you did great on use that as experience like those things are still valuable and don't undermine that it's not like specifically work related at a company or something like that like it is valuable and you have to attach that value and explain why it matters it does i mean one of the things that i come across when i come across especially when it comes to you know setting up your resume is there's been the age-long whatever debacle of how long your resume should be so like what would you recommend right there's a fine balance between you know making sure to be as detailed as possible and also trying to keep your resume concise as a former recruiter and someone who also you've helped in hiring even post recruitment right as being team lead and, and things like that what would you recommend in terms of like length of resume I think you want to be straight to the point and concise and stuff, but like, you don't need to put a job in there that has nothing to do with anything. You know what I mean? Like you're applying to like a finance role. You don't need to include that you worked retail like 10 years ago on your resume, you know, like if it's not relevant and it doesn't add value to the job that you're applying for, just take it out, save yourself the time and energy instead of making sure things are perfect. Right? Like I think sometimes people are looking for volume. If it doesn't add value, you don't need it. It doesn't matter. Honestly, I have my current resume, I think is like two full pages. Yeah, I think like three years into my career, everything on my resume is directly tied to software sales. My resume is like about two pages long fully, but I don't think there's anything wrong with like a one pager resume or like even like one and a half page. I think that's kind of what's hard, especially as someone like I'm sure you've experienced this too, like entering the working world where you just don't you just don't have access to people that work in these corporate worlds. And you have all these like yeah. mannerisms and these like responsibility on, yep, on, on, on untold like, rules. Oh, these untold rules. Yeah. Of people. Like you have to have a resume under two pages. Yeah. Otherwise that's inappropriate. That's unprofessional. I'm like, how's it unprofessional? It's just a few extra sentences, you know, like, but like I was told that too. I was like, oh my God, like your resume must be one page yeah. or else you don't know how to write a resume or else you're not confident in what you're doing. And I'm like, how do you get all of that from one page of like a few hundred words, you know, but like, that's really what it was. All these un- unheard of rules, all these like kind of ideas and hmm. politics around it. But I don't agree with it personally. And I personally have gotten tons and tons of interviews, have had multiple jobs per. with my one and a half two-page resume. Per. So You yeah. heard it right here. There's no one way to do things. I mean, that's one of the things I love to highlight here. And same goes for your resume. I know we're wrapping up here on time, but I do want you to maybe share a piece of advice to people in the audience, especially, again, first-generation immigrants who are kind of navigating this, like, weird-ass job market situation and also navigating what it means to be in, like, corporate girly, even though tech is not corporate. It still has a (laughs) bunch. No, there's still a bunch of unsaid rules. And we, as people of color, still are somewhat penalized if we don't follow those rules, but we don't even know they exist. So what advice would you give somebody who is listening to this who wants to work in tech but they're just like how do i how do i start rg 
Honestly, my greatest advice is I think like what you said, like there's so many ways to be penalized. There's so many of these unsaid rules that you're not told about, but like do your best to be true to yourself. Mm. You are not going to win and you can only fake it for so long mm. before one other people figure out that you're just being fake. Sorry, our big one. I'm gonna need you to say that <laughs> one more time for the people in the back. Be true to yourself. Oh my God. There are so many times when, especially when I started out earlier in my career where I wanted to be, where honestly I was cosplaying as like a wealthy white woman. Okay. Like <laughs> I was pretending I to it. be someone I wasn't. And I was behaving in ways that wasn't like, I wouldn't talk about like my cultural activities or my religious activities when we'd all like sit around and have lunch or like have our morning meetings or something like that. Like be true to yourself and like be honest about who you are and what you're doing, right? Like the fakeness and like trying to be somebody else will take you only so far before one, you're figured out and everyone's like, you're kind of strange because you're a totally different person and you're not even being true to yourself and other people can figure that out, especially recruiters. Like if you're lying about all these things about your resume about who you are about the type of work you put in you will people will figure you mm -hmm. out you'll enter the job and you'll one be immediately un unprepared you're gonna just end up sucking at your job and that's also bad right but also you we need to create space for other women like us and that's mm -hmm. like kind of what I've really realized like I want to work with so many other Bengali Muslim women that can be like oh like she made it she's doing what I'm doing and I want to be able to make space for them and I hope I am girl you <laughs> are. are yeah and like that's the biggest one like just don't be true to who you are. Be honest about your skills and your work ethic, and you will get there. Like, hard work will take you very far, and one day you're going to get an opportunity to really prove yourself and to really learn all these skills. And I think that's, like, my second one. Like, take in any opportunity for learning. Even if mm -hmm. you're in a difficult situation, it's very hard to sit down and reflect and be like, hey, like, what can I get out of this when, when you really, for example, are struggling with your leadership? Maybe you don't like your job very much, but, like, you have to sit down and think, can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. If I don't like this job, what do I like about it? And how can I find another job that's similar to that? Mm -hmm. How can I find better ways to communicate with my leadership? How can I find career opportunities within my existing job and maybe transition into a new role? Like there's always something to learn. And if you, if you think you're done learning, you've already kind of lost the game. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's impossible to be done learning. In this thing called yeah. life, for where? In, in this simulation, <laughs> not possible. There's always something... <laughs> to be learning and no, you are definitely creating that space. I might not be a Muslim Bengali woman. I am a black woman. However, I can say like, and I think I've told you this multiple times. Again, me and Archie used to work together and a huge part of why I loved that role or working in that company was because of Archie. Like literally every day we would talk, I mean on Slack, cause it was fully remote, <laughs> but it was such a pleasure working with you and you made everybody feel welcome in like whatever team you were on. So uh, it's literally a delight to know you and to have worked with you. And maybe in the future we'll work together again, but I'm gonna keep cheering you on everything you do. Thank you so much. And honestly, you're doing such a great job with Strive and anyone listening, like there's so much opportunity. It is to just grab it and take it. And we are going to make space for ourselves. And that just is what it is. Like, I'm so happy for us. It is what it is. That's you heard it from here. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Archie. And thank you all for listening in. I will catch you in the next episode. All right. Thank you so much, Lapo.